0: Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, we have a little bit of clarity on a couple of the Raiders head coaches' interviews, plus a rumor report that's picking up a lot of steam. Thoughts on potential GM Ed Dodds is with the Colts but plans on interviewing with the Raiders and a discussion, should the Raiders expect to be a playoff team or not? And your calls and texts will close out the show. we got a lot to get to on Tuesday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, January 25th. 2022
1: you're
2: locked on raiders your daily podcast on the las vegas just raiders win. part of the locked on podcast network just win. your team just every win. day just
3: win
0: the autumn wind as a raider pillaging just for fun he'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's con- And welcome into another edition of the Locked On Raiders Podcast. Raider Nation, thank you so much for making the Locked On Raiders Podcast your first listen each and every day. Remember, you can find the show free and available on all platforms. And got a lot to get to, so let's just jump right into it. And got a little bit of clarity on potential head coach interviews for the Silver and Black Patriots de facto defensive coordinator, Gerard Mayo. He actually flew into Las Vegas on Monday and is interviewing with the Raiders today. So there was a little bit of confusion when or if he had already interviewed with the Raiders. He's interviewing with the Raiders today. Uh, He's impressed in other interviews that he's had. Now he gets a chance with Mark Davis and the Raiders. Today, so that's going to be that. Also, D'Amico Ryan, the 49ers defensive coordinator, he plans on interviewing with the Raiders, but not till after the NFC Championship game. So the 49ers play the Rams in LA on Sunday. He's not going to meet with the Raiders till at least after that game. I don't know if he plans on pushing it a little bit further if they make it all the way to the Super Bowl or not. But he's not going to do any interview this week at all. He's just prepping for that game, which I'm okay with. I think that that's fine. I think that's what they should be doing anyway. He's got a big game, and I think. This the Raiders aren't in a hurry to interview him anyway, and I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. I just think that the Raiders are taking their time with their head coaching search. I think that they're going to get their GM before they even get their head coach, but I do understand why they're interviewing, just to kind of feel these guys out and see what's going on. But D'Amico Ryan, he's made a nice name for himself with what he's been able to do with the 49ers defensive unit, and he will interview with the Silver and Black following Sunday's NFC Championship game whether that means immediately after Monday or sometimes throughout that week or maybe even waiting until after the Super Bowl but it ain't going to happen this week that's for sure as far as the GM goes general manager position goes Ed Dodds is a name that everybody's been looking at everybody's been waiting for him to interview with the Raiders and is expecting and really hoping I think that he's the guy that everyone's hoping gets the job he's with the Colts right now he's the assistant GM uh, next to Chris Ballard he's their, his right hand man pretty much and Zach Kiefer from The Athletic he did a great piece on Ed Dodds but he did it back in 2019 and it's funny that he did it back in 2019 that's how long ago this guy really started to get some attention as far as a really good player and talent evaluator across the NFL so he put out this piece of 2019 I read it and then I had him on Raider Nation Radio 920 on Monday talking about Ed Dodds and I just wanted to bring you a couple sound bites from that interview just to give you a little bit more understanding of exactly who Ed Dodds is matter of fact that was the first question that I posed to Zach was you know what does he mean mean to the organization who exactly is ed dodds
1: yeah he's huge he's almost like their secret weapon he is absolutely chris bowler's right hand man and ed dodds is a no nonsense no bs throwback scout he is a scout at heart um and i think that's one of the reasons why he's resisted taking a gm job he's had interviews with the panthers the lions the last couple years um this is a guy that's going to be selective when he does go and take over a team um, but look, he doesn't be around the bush. He calls it like he sees it. He's not going to play politics. He's just going to be up front. And I can tell you this, the Raiders organization means a lot to him. It's where he got his start in this league. Al Davis was somewhat of a mentor to him. You know, Dodds did not have a prolific cl- playing career, did not play in the NFL, but as he was sort of grinding his way up in the Raiders organization, you know, it was a big deal to him to to just get in the weight room with Al Davis because Al Davis didn't like to have a lot of different guys in there. But when he would let Dodds in, you know, Dodds just kept his mouth shut and watched Al Davis work. So he reveres the Raiders organization, revered Mr. Davis, and I think that makes this an absolute possibility in the next couple days and weeks.
0: So there's Zach Kiefer from The Athletic talking about Ed Dyes, just breaking down how important he is to the Colts. He's Chris Ballard's right-hand man, and exactly what he uh, is as a person, player, Italian evaluator, uh, all that kind of stuff. So I thought that that was a good breakdown right there. He also said how much the Raiders actually mean to him, which is a good thing, because as you heard Zach say, he's turned down multiple offers or opportunities to go and interview with different teams, and that was something I talked about last week that it's a big deal I even tweeted about it it's a big deal when he accepts the interview now I don't know when exactly the interview is going to take place but to know that he accepted that interview I think is a big deal so I just got a couple more sound bites I wanted you to hear one was on the style of Dodds you know is he an aggressive player acquisition type guy is he a guy that's willing to make some trades to bring in the right guys that are needed to win what is he what is his specialty check this out
1: yeah, I think so. But I think where Dodds cut his teeth is, is with the draft. I okay. think he's a guy that's going to do what Schneider did and what Ballard did. And Look, Ballard's under a little bit of heat in Indianapolis for not being more aggressive because the flaws that you know he didn't address in the offseason came back to bite the Colts late in the year. Again, they have made some big moves with DeForest Buckner and Carson Wentz, but I think Dodds, the guy that just crushes the draft. That's just my gut. Okay. Look, he lives for the draft. He loves the draft room. Those those couple months that they spend preparing for the draft January, February, March, and April. I mean, these guys, I mean, Dodds runs the scouting department for the Colts. And so he's got these guys in his room for 12 hours a day. I mean, they will break for lunch and to go work out in the middle of the day, but he grinds these guys down. They watch a ton of tape and, you know, he won't even go into his office for months at a time because he's spending so much time in the film room with these guys debating prospects. So, that's really what he wants to do and and you don't get to do that necessarily all the time when you're a gm right you have to do all the other stuff you got to deal with the media you got to deal with the operations you got to deal with the team the coach it's going to be a bit of a step up for him and it's going to be a change and i know that's something he's thought about a lot but if he takes over in Las Vegas, I would expect him to double down on the draft and really try to build this team from the inside out.
0: Building through the draft is music to my ears because that's how teams should be built. You know, you shouldn't have to use free agency to build a team. You should be able to use free agency to fill a few holes here and there. But really, the draft is where you're supposed to really build that team and fill that cupboard up with talent. Unfortunately for the Raiders and Mike Mayock, they weren't able to do that when they had all that draft capital. So now, regardless of whoever takes over at the GM, they literally have one spot you know they have one pick in the first round that's 22 overall you know and they don't have the three picks in round one the two picks in one, round one they're back to just having one so that's unfortunate the Raiders in my opinion missed out on a huge opportunity that they had but hey you can't look back now it does not matter it's a new draft coming up in April at the end of April I'll be in Las Vegas and you got to do the best you can so if you're hitting on more picks and you're missing you're still going to be able to fill up that cupboard so the last soundbite that I want you to hear was just on Zach Kiefer's gut feeling does he think because this has come up a few times. With Ed Dodds, does he feel like this is the offseason he's going to leave to be a GM somewhere in the NFL?
1: You know, I think it's the Raiders or else. I, I okay. do think this year, if nothing happens, he's going to be back in Indy. But I do think the Raiders could be the option. I don't think there's another team he's going to seriously consider. And again, you know, these are these are the words that came out of his mouth. I'm not going to just take any job. It's got to be the right job because you only get one chance at it. That that's something that he's really had ingrained in him from working with John Schneider. In Seattle or from Chris Ballard in Indianapolis, you only get one shot. The Raiders have a lot to like, right? It's not just the brand new stadium. They got a great quarterback. They got some great playmakers on offense. They've got talent. That cupboard is not bare there. The question is, can see, can he see, can he align his, his 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 expectations and the process with Mark Davis? That's what we're going to have to see. But I can promise you, I, I do have a different feeling about this one, and it wouldn't stun me if he does take this job, if it gets offered to him.
0: So there you go. Zach Kiefer from The Athletic talking about Ed Dodds right there. Uh, Again, you can find his piece on uh, Dodds. It's back in 2019, but if you just go to The Athletic and and search it, you can find it. It's a really good piece on on Dodds, and of course, uh, Zach does a great job covering the Colts, so if there's anything you want to know about the Colts, he's a guy you could definitely check out. So my final little nugget I have for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast news and notes of the day. It's continued to be reported, and it's continued to be floated out there that there could be a patriot connection going on with the Raiders as far as Dave Ziegler if he becomes the Raiders GM then he would have a real interest in offensive coordinator Josh McDaniels to be the next head coach and then a guy in Gerard Mayo who's interviewing with the team today could potentially end up being the defensive coordinator for the silver and black and he was on a radio station in Boston on Monday and he was talking about it and he just basically flat out said that if Ziegler gets the job I could see him no doubt about it bringing in McDaniels and Josh being very very interested those guys are pretty tight and tight at the hips so he thinks that it's a possibility the more he keeps hearing it floated out there the more he thinks it's a real deal chance that it could happen I don't know I still kind of on the fence about it but I know that Josh McDaniels is considered a very sharp offensive mind of course I remember what he did in Indianapolis when he decided to leave them at the altar and not uh, be their head coach. I remember what he did in Denver where he didn't do a very good job, but that was also his first time as a head coach. Sometimes guys improve and get a lot better. So who knows what the situation is going to bring, but the more that that keeps getting talked about, the more smoke that's out there, you know at some point there's a lot of fire, and I'll continue to update that as I hear more. So that's all I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Coming up in segment number two, got a call from Jordan in Oregon. It's a really good call. I had a couple different subjects I want to talk about, but Jordan in Oregon hit me with a really good call that I don't think I can just talk about and speak on in a minute response. You know, So pretty lengthy call from Jordan. We're going to hear that call. You'll get my response from it. I think it's a really good one. Expectations for the next season. Is the Raiders or are the Raiders a playoff team? And talking about the defense as well. All that's coming up in segment number two. Before we get to that, though, I do want to talk to you about betonline.ag, and this is the best time of the year to get your gamble on. Of course, when the NFL playoffs are going on, that's when everyone is trying to get their gamble on, and betonline.ag is the number one spot for all your wagering all of 2022. Of course, I mentioned the NFL playoffs, basketball, college, and pros going on. There was a really good Monday night game. I don't know if you saw it. Kansas and Texas Tech, that was number seven versus number 18. Hockey, boxing, UFC, everything that you need BetOnline.ag has got you covered. Head to the website right now on your mobile or your laptop. Sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you got to do is use the promo code LOCKEDON. That's how you get started. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. And it's where the game starts.
2: Your Locked On Raiders. Your daily podcast
0: on the Las Vegas Raiders.
2: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Going to jump into a call from Jordan in Oregon. I was going to talk about Tashawn Reed put out a piece on The Athletic Talk about Raiders offseason roster guide and there was a small segment of that piece that I really wanted to talk about. Just kind of break it down. Talk about Derek Carr, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, and Max Crosby, but I'm going to push that off. I'll push that off because this call was really good. It was kind of lengthy and I don't think I'll be able to squeeze it into one segment with other calls and text. but uh, Tashaun Reed will be a guest on Raider Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness, my show at 2.30 Pacific Standard Time this afternoon. So if you want to hear that interview based off that piece that he put in The Athletic, make sure you tune in, and I might be able to bring a little bit of that to the show on tomorrow. But uh, let's jump into Jordan and Oregon's calls. A really good call talking about the coaching search, the Raiders in general, and what the expectations should be. If this team is a playoff team based off the fact that they made the playoffs in 2021 or not, And he explains it. He breaks it down really well. Here he is, Jordan and Oregon.
2: Hey, what's going on, Q? Jordan Oregon calling in here. Hey, I wanted to touch base on the coaching search. It sounds like Dodds is going to get his interview. Uh, Pretty stoked about that. But also, you know, really taking a deep dive on the Raiders season, there's a lot of hope, you know, that Passaccia could still keep that job. And uh, I think that uh, listening to Clay and Pritch, this morning, and Heidi and Matt show uh, the morning on Raider Nation Radio, um, they're bringing up some good points. Like, hey, if whoever comes in, there's going to be an immense amount of pressure on that that new coach to make the playoffs. I totally agree with that. And and looking at our season as a whole, um, Hondo brought up that they should, no matter what, be looking at, like, making the playoffs next year. And that's the point I I, I kind of have to disagree with because if you look at the season as a whole, you're not a Raiders fan. You just like stack up 2020 and 21 and 2021 next to each other. What you'll see is that the Raiders actually their offense uh, took a, a pretty big step back this year. And I know you can blame it on missing guys. I don't care how they got to where they got. Let's put all the variables aside put all the rug sock, all the Gruden talk side. They took a step back, to, you know, t- take out all the, the drama of why. They took a step back. Well, if you look at the defense, they did, yeah, they got slightly better. They're, they got a lot better in some areas, but overall they went from last in the league roughly to like 23rd. And offensively they, they stacked up worse than they did the year before. So it's like you look at the team as a whole, and they did pull off that four-game winning streak to get in the playoffs, But if you look at the point, points differential, we were still in the negatives, like 80 something. Like we, that we allowed 80 more points than we scored. And to me, I just, I have to think, I don't know, I can't guarantee that that's a playoff team. You can't sit here and tell me you're in the negatives and that's a playoff team. And they've been in the negatives. They haven't had a positive point differential since all the way back in 16. And, and that still wasn't even a crazy in the positive. But if you just like look at the team overall, I don't know that this is a playoff team. And when it gets to the coaching search, who's going to sit and act like that you bring back at all the same guys and maybe a new offensive coordinator and all of a sudden we're supposed to be a playoff team? You know, Q, I just, it's got me thinking they got to get outside of the box here. They got to start thinking about just really, I mean, doing something crazy. The playoffs, it's fun to taste the playoffs, but that one game means nothing. If it, it, if the risk we gotta take is to go get a new coach that's gonna be aggressive and hell, try to even look at different quarterbacks like Deshaun Watson, then I'm I'm all for it. Anyway, man, I wanna hear your thoughts. Peace out.
0: Joran, thank you for the call, my man. It's always good to hear from you. And I'll say this, and I, I like all the points that you brought up. A lot of compare, a lot of contrast, all that good stuff. And you make good arguments really for both sides, and there's plenty of good arguments. But I'll say this when it comes to the Raiders, and are they a playoff team? They are a playoff team. They made the playoffs in 2021, right? They were not the seventh seed. They were the fifth seed. They found a way to get to the fifth seed. So that tells you something in itself. It's not like they just snuck into the playoffs. And really, look at the landscape of the playoffs, what we've seen the last two weeks. They were the best team super wildcard weekend now I I talked about it on Monday's show that I think that they could have hung with Tennessee I think that they matched up well with Tennessee obviously I feel like they could have beat Cincinnati I don't think that they could have won on the other side I don't think they could have beat Kansas City or Buffalo I think that they're just another step ahead of them so I do believe that they're a playoff team and I do believe that they need a lot of work to take it to another level you know what I'm saying? And the other thing about it is they need to and and we as Raider fans, and me as a guy who hosts Raider shows, multiple Raider shows, should start getting used to the fact that this is going to be a playoff team for years to come. That that's what they should be. Now I'm not saying they are. They've got to go out there and prove that. But there should come a time when we could say consistently that we feel like, "Hey, they're going to make the playoffs." They're going to be good enough to make the playoffs. Now will they take that next step? That's what the goal is. And all the points that you are bringing up are absolutely right. But I'll say this. The offense took a step back, no doubt. No doubt about it, you're correct. And it doesn't matter how they took a step back, they took a step back. And all we kept saying was, well, as long as they have a defense and if they play the offense like they did the year before, man, they're going to be great. Well, they didn't play offense the way they did. But the defense, I don't care about stats. I really don't. And I know I bring up pro football focus sometimes. Sometimes I bring up rankings. But... Those numbers don't matter to me. What I saw in 2021, I saw the eye test. And the eye test told me that that defense kept the Raiders in more games than it didn't. It allowed them to hang around and hang around and hang around to the tune of winning a lot of games at the end. They had six walk-off wins. Now, you can't count on that every single year. That's not going to happen every single year. But in 2021, they did that. They found ways to win games. Now, to your point about the coaching staff, if they go out and make some Big-time hires and say, hey, this is going to help this group of guys take it from being a 10-win team and a fifth seed to all of a sudden possibly contending for the AFC West title, that's great, and that's what they're supposed to be doing. And even if that means that, hey, you know what, Derek Carr is not the guy, everything that you're saying is right, but they are a playoff team because they made the playoffs. You are what you you did, and they made the playoffs. Now they got to figure out how to do it again. Now it's about consistency when it comes to the playoffs. So, I mean, we're kind of splitting hairs on this subject, there definitely is work to do, like you said. A lot of improvement needs to happen. I don't think that this team could just run it back and bring back all the guys offensively and defensively and think that they're going to have the same or better results. That's not going to happen. You know, who says that Casey Hayward is going to have an outstanding season like he did this year? Who says that, you know, Max Crosby and Unique Ngakwe are going to be able to duplicate what they did or do better? Because, honestly, they need to do better. I mentioned it all season long. Pressures are great. Sacks are better. You know, pressures are good. Sacks are better. They've got to be able to do that consistently. Turnovers, I talked about that on Monday. What did we see in the playoffs so far the last two weekends? That you have to be able to create some turnovers, get the ball back to your offense, give them a short field, and give them a chance. The Raiders didn't hardly turn the ball over or create turnovers. They turned the ball over, but they didn't create turnovers. They got to fix that. So there's a lot of work that has to be done for this team to take the next step and, again, be a playoff team consistently, but they made the first step which is getting there, tasting the playoffs. Now, okay, how do you get back? Who do you get back with? Who are the guys that you can run it back with and feel confident? And who are the guys that need to be replaced? Because this same roster that played this year won't be the same roster next year. And if it is, then the Raiders failed. That's why I'm not big on bringing Rich Basaccia back because everyone's kind of a prisoner of the moment. Well, he got them to 10 wins, got them to the playoffs. Yeah, but, you know, is, is he going to take them over the top? He improved as a coach throughout the course of the year after he took over for Gruden, but is he the guy that's going to take him to the next level? Is he going to replace the offensive coordinator? Is he going to bring on more defensive weapons to help Gus Bradley in that defense? You know what I mean? Like, that's the questions that have to be answered. And when he interviewed with Mark Davis, those were the kind of questions that I'm hoping Mark Davis asked or just said, hey, let me see your plan, and hopefully that's what Rich Passaccia had in his plan. Okay, that was good, but this is how we get better. You know, So that's, that's the key to the, the whole process there is they have to become a playoff team consistently. They really do. It's been way too long that they haven't been. I mean, you can't go from 2016 all of a sudden to 2021 and have that big gap in between when you're in the playoffs and when you're not in the playoffs. You've got to consistently go to the playoffs. Hell, the, the Chiefs are hosting their fourth AFC championship game with the opportunity to go to their third straight Super Bowl. Think about that. I'm not asking the Raiders to do that overnight, but that's got to be the standard. That has got to be the standard. Whoever the next GM is, whoever the next head coach is, or if it's Rich Bisaccia, that's got to be the standard. That's got to be the goal. We are trying to get to where they are. That's what they have to be saying. When I was in Central Texas, I would go down to uh, UMHB, Mary Harden Baylor, uh, a D3 college there, and I would talk to Coach Pete Fredenberg. And he took over the program. He launched the football program there at UMHB, and they became a real good powerhouse. But they weren't Mount Union. But he always used to tell me, you know what, Q? Mount Union, that is the standard right there. That is who we're trying to make this program be. We'll get there at some point. And UMHB did. And they just won another national championship, and Coach Pete Fredenberg actually announced his retirement. But – that's the, that's the key. Like, you have to have your goal set on something. You have to see something and say, that's who we're trying to be. That's who we're trying to be like. We want to be what they are right now. And whoever takes over the Raiders, they need to look at the Chiefs and say, those guys are hosting their fourth straight AFC championship game with a possibility to go to their third straight Super Bowl. I know nobody in Raider Nation wants to, you know, show love to the Chiefs. I get it. You know, anytime I talk about the Chiefs and talk about Patrick Mahomes, I always get the tweet or the text or multiple whatevers. Oh, Q, you should just go cover the Chiefs that you love them so much. No, it's not about that. I just respect what the hell they're doing. And the Raiders do too because the Raiders need to be able to match up their roster where they can compete with Kansas City, which I don't think they can. They don't have enough team speed offensively or defensively to keep up with Kansas City right now. They just don't. And they need to find a way to do that. So whoever it is, if it's Ed Dodds, if it's Dave Dave Ziegler, if it's someone else, I don't really care who it ends up being. Mark Davis has got to get it right and has to know what the goal is. The goal is to be able to compete with Kansas City every year and not only compete to get into the playoffs, but compete for that AFC West title. If they get that AFC West title, then all of a sudden you're cooking with grease. You got an opportunity to roll, and that's what they got to continue to do. So I understand what you're saying completely. I understand where you'd be skeptical of them being a playoff team because they haven't done it in back-to-back years. But that's what they need to start doing. I. Absolutely understand where you're coming from, so hopefully that makes a lot of sense, but I do appreciate that call. And speaking of calls, more calls and texts are going to be coming up in segment number three, what is on your mind, 707-654-4693. I'll get to all those after I tell you about a great app that if you drive a car, well, you need to have. That incredible app is GetUpside. Anyone who buys gas needs to have it again get upside all listeners of the lockdown Raiders podcast are earning cash back for every gallon of gas every time they fill up download the free get upside app in the app Store or Google play right now use the promo code touchdown for 25 cents per gallon or more on your first fill- up cash back don't pay full price at the pump anymore get cash back using get upside again download the app for free and use the promo code touchdown for 25 cents per gallon or more on your first tank and people who drive a lot well, they're making a lot, a lot like $200, $300 a year in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Again, download the free GetUpside app. Use that promo code TOUCHDOWN to get $0.25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first tank. That's promo code TOUCHDOWN. The app, GetUpside.
2: are Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every
4: day.
0: Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line 707 654 4693. What's on your mind? Let's hear from Joe in the ATL, formerly a KC. He's calling to react what he saw in the divisional round of the playoffs as far as quarterbacks go. And as a question that I actually asked myself on Monday, here he is, Joe in the ATL, formerly a KC. Yo, Q. It's your
4: boy Joe, formerly a KC, currently at ATL, man. I just got a quick question. now. I'm trying to figure it out myself, too. Thinking back over that, uh, division around we just seen, man, uh, between the, the, the Chiefs and, and the, and the Bills, man, like, these new age quarterbacks, man, are, are a sight to see. I, I respect what Derek Carr has done and, and everything, but, man, I got, the question has to be asked: Like, are we better off trying to get one of those guys? Like, these new age quarterbacks are amazing. And I know they're not they're not falling off of the off the of trees, but I mean, there's more and more of these this style of quarterback coming out. So, like, do we pay Derek Carr and keep him for the next
0: few years,
4: or? You know, cause once you sign him on this contract, he's, he's there for at least the next two to three years and, and risk out on, you know, the next crop of, of these like super quarterbacks. Man, like what's, what's the move, man? And what's, what's your honest opinion? I, I, I'd love to know it cause I can't figure this thing out, man. It's, it's, this is, this is amazing and, and I would love to have something like that. Like it's, it's, it's amazing, man. Brady Joe out.
0: There he goes. That's Raider Joe. Appreciate the call, my man. It's a great question. I was asking that on Monday. I saw the new GM is going to have to answer. You know, can the quarterback the Raiders have in Derek Carr, can he compete with those guys that you mentioned for the long term? You know not just this next year coming up but for years to come because I think there's no doubt about it that he's going to be playing for the Raiders this year he's got a very reasonable contract only 19 million dollars it's none of it's guaranteed so I don't think that there's any chance that he's not there next year but how long after that is he there I mean they got to make a decision are they going to give him some guaranteed money are they going to give him a contract extension I mean there's a big decision's got to be made one of the first decisions that's got to be made by the whoever the new GM is and whoever the uh, the head coach is if it's Rich brasaccia or any Anyone else? They've got to come together and make a decision on that position first and foremost, and they have to take into consideration the AFC and who they're competing with, not only in their own division, but in the conference. So, yeah, man, that's a question I wish I could answer, but I really, I really can't. Thank you so much for the call, though. I do appreciate you. Next up, I got a text from Emerson out of North Texas. Says, what's up, Q? It's Emerson from North Texas. Please don't mistake what I'm about to say. I love Coach Bisaccia, and he'll always hold a special place in the nation, but when I think about hiring him, I can't help but think about Romeo Cornell. In 2011, KC fired its coach, and Cornell came in as an interim and won like three or four games to finish the season. It was almost the same circumstances. The players loved him and made it known he was the guy and he owned the locker room. So he got hired full-time and then proceeded to go 2-14 in 2012 before getting fired. I don't know that Coach B would do the same, but it scares me. As much as I love him for this year, I just don't know if he's the guy to turn us into a perennial winner. And I don't feel like using 2022 as a throwaway season finding out. Love what you do for the nation. That's from Emerson in North Texas. And Emerson, you hit it right on the head. That is exactly what I've been talking about when it comes to Coach Bisaccia the whole year. Time And I know a lot of people have told me that I'm wrong. Coach Basaccia is the guy. You saw what he was able to do. He got the Raiders to the playoffs. Gruden. I mean, everything that you want to imagine or heard, that's what I've heard when it comes to Coach Basaccia. And I say the same thing. People think I don't like him. People think that I got a campaign against him. I had someone hit me up and say, you have a campaign against him that he doesn't get the job. And that's furthest thing from the truth. I just realize exactly what you realize and know that a lot of interim head coaches that become head coaches don't succeed. And I don't want to become a prisoner of the moment. Like, Brother Marquise in the 305, he he called in one time and said, you can't make an emotional decision based off what they did this year. You have to understand, can he go into training camp, preseason, the draft, all that good stuff, free agency? And... Help put together a squad that is going to be, like you said, a perennial winner year in and year out. Can he be that guy? That's why I think that they need to make sure they interview as many people as possible and make a tough decision, you know, and that's, that's it, straight up. And I agree with you. Uh, the dude did some great things for the Raiders. I think he eats for free in Las Vegas whenever he wants. You know what I mean? I, think, I just think that's the reality of it. But that Romeo Cornell example that you gave was a perfect one. So thank you so much for that. I do appreciate you. And I am not going to get mad at what you said at all. Next up, got a call from my guy, Raider Al in Georgia. He's calling to talk about Derek Carr and the fact he believes he's not going anywhere. He talks about Jim Harbaugh and the offensive line. Here he is, Raider Al in Georgia.
3: Shoot. Raider Al from Georgia. What's up, Raider Nation? Hey, Q. As far as Derek Carr is concerned and the general manager, these go hand in hand. I personally don't think Carr is going nowhere because ain't no GM or no coach coming to the Raiders without an established quarterback. Let's face it, nobody is coming there to fail. Unless we can get Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson, which I don't think we can get either one, Derek Carr is there to stay for now. Also, Q, after further review, after listening to my boy Q on 920 Raider Nation Radio from 2 to 4, see, I got that plug in, the guy that was talking about Harborough, man, he's turning me off him, man. You know, the stuff he was saying, I hope you play that on your show so Raider Nation can hear it. I'm back to leaning towards Rich. Man, this stuff is so – it's hard, man. I'm glad I ain't got to make these decisions. Also, Q, I hear a lot about Derek Carr fumbles, and, and I know they're aggravating. But what I don't hear is, how about get a, bet, a better offensive line to protect them so they won't get to him so quick? Let's talk about that. How about getting some receivers that's going to create separation just a little quicker so he can get the ball out quicker? And as far as this whole coaching thing, man, it is so tough. I'm so glad I ain't got to make these decisions. Raider Nation, love you guys. Raider out.
0: There he goes. That's Raider Al in Georgia. Thank you for the call. And I'm with you. I said it earlier in the segment. I don't think Carr's going anywhere either. I really don't. One, $19 million is nothing for a starting quarterback. I don't know if he's going to be there for the next four years, but I feel really confident that he'll be there in 2022. Now, something crazy could happen, so you never know, but I just just don't see it. As far as Harbaugh goes, I know he's a hot name. I know he's been linked to the Raiders multiple times, but like I said from the very jump, when everything started, his name started servicing, I said, I don't think so. I think he's leveraging the Raiders against Michigan so he can get that money. I, I'll, I'll say that, and I'll keep saying that until I'm proven otherwise. I just think from enough people that we've talked to on the radio, uh, doing my due diligence, trying to get their, their feel of everything, I think that's the situation. He's got a big-time contract on the table there in Ann Arbor, and I think he eventually signs it. He's just holding out. I mean, right now, the Raiders haven't even requested an interview with him. So I just don't see them as a team that decide, hey, this is what we're going to do. We're going to go with hardball, even though it's been a couple of weeks since the season been wrapped up and they haven't even requested his interview yet i just i just don't see that happening but thank you for the call my man i do appreciate you next up and i got time for a couple more we got a text from raider 760 q enlighten me we hear all the times about fans saying we know who Derek carr is he's not the guy or we already know what we got in Derek. he's in year eight how many years did Rich Gannon have before he got to the Raiders? I'm confused on the argument that year eight car is being written off. A solid quarterback who hasn't ever had a solid supporting cast in the same season. Like after eight years he reached the ceiling, but Gannon didn't become who he was till after year eight. What's your thoughts on that argument? Thank you, my guy. Much love. That's from Raiders 760. And thank you so much for that text, my man. I do appreciate you. And, you know, it's always it's always hard when you start to compare Gannon and Carr and this and that and the other. Because Gannon, like you said, man, he was in the league 11 years before he went to the Raiders. But for the most part, he was a career journeyman, you know, or a backup. He wasn't really the dude. And even when he was in Kansas City before he went to the Raiders, I thought he was really good. I did. And I couldn't believe that they were starting Elvis Gerback ahead of him for a long time. I couldn't believe that. But they did. And then the Raiders got him. And, while well, we all know what happened. And he only played, what, six? years with the Raiders, and only three of them were complete, three or four complete years with them. So, uh yeah, it just it's one of those situations. I think it's hard to compare. Um, I don't think that a lot is going to change with Derek Carr from who he is. I think that we could all comfortably say that. He's never going to be a fleet-footed guy. He's never going to be a guy that's going to be scrambling around and keeping a lot of plays live with his feet. He's done a little bit more and a little bit more the last couple seasons, don't get me wrong. But I think it's fair to say that you kind of know who he's going to be. You know he's going to be a guy that wants to pick you apart from the pocket. He's very accurate with his arm, which is a great thing. And if he has protection, he has a nice running game, he could be a dangerous weapon. He absolutely can. I think there's no mistake in that. It's just when things get less than ideal, it's hard for Derek Carr to thrive. It just I mean, that's just the reality of it. So I understand what you're saying. Yeah, he can continue to get better. But I think what most people are talking about is the element of being able to use your legs and the fact that he's just not going to do it as much as most people, including myself, would like. I would like to see him do it more often. You saw Rich Gannon a lot of times. He would just tuck in and run. You know, he just would take off because he saw that the play wasn't there. Boom, I could pick up eight or nine yards. Let me go do it. And he would go do it. You know, and then there's also something about just kind of like the it factor, like Derek Carr does late in games when he's made all those comebacks and come from behind victories. He has that it factor late in games. Well, Rich Gannon had that it factor as well for the Raiders. I mean, he was just kind of like that guy. So it's always hard, and I never got involved in that Rich Gannon versus Derek Carr conversation because I don't think it's fair. I know Derek Carr is the best quarterback the Raiders have had since Rich Gannon. I can tell you that. That's what I do know, and that's not saying a whole lot because Rich Gannon has been gone for a very long time. Long time. So, matter of fact, since 2004, that was the last time Rich Gannon played. Uh, As I mentioned, he played six total seasons, but really only four of them were complete, 16-game seasons. The rest in 2003, he played seven games. In 2004, he played three games. So, ever since 2004, the best quarterback to come along was Derek Carr, and that was eight years ago. (laughs) i mean think about that you know i mean that was literally eight seasons ago when he was able to do that so uh, that's been a long gap between gannon and Carr. so it's really hard to split hairs and say who's better and who's not because it's not been very good quarterback play at all for the team in general thank you for that text i appreciate you and we're gonna wrap it up with billy g in socal he's calling in to talk about brian flores and why you're not hearing his name associated with the silver and black here he is billy g in socal q
2: this is billy g from southern
0: california Long-time listener, first-time caller. Wanted to leave you a message after hearing worldwide
2: Raider fan. Honestly, I don't know why we do not hear the name Brian Flores. With all of this Patriots pedigree floating around, who better than to bring a second-time coach, someone that just had a stellar, and I mean stellar, second half of the season, someone from the AFC someone that understands defense and the modern defense, someone that could actually bring some discipline to the team. Honestly, he looks like the second coming of Mike Tomlin. Why is he not even getting floated around in our headquarters right now? It's amazing, and it's a giant head scratcher. I'd like to hear your thoughts on this week's pod. Let me know. Thanks again. Billy G,
0: out. There he goes, Billy G calling from SoCal. Thank you so much for the call, my man. I do appreciate you. Thanks for being a first-time caller as well, man. Welcome to the show. And uh, I'll say it's a great question when it comes to Brian Flores. I, I talked about that the other day. And, uh, again, Brother Marquise at a 305, I think it's the second time I brought him up on the show today, uh, he hit me up and said, hey, you know, but his reputation with his offensive coordinator and his other coaches on his staff is not great. You know, four OCs, I think, in three years, something like that, that's not good. You know, that's that's a problem. And So I think a lot of teams have identified that as an issue. I also think that he might favor going to the New York Giants. I think that he'd rather be in New York. I I don't know if he really wants to be in Las Vegas, but uh, I said that I thought that that was uh, a good coach out there. I couldn't believe that Miami got rid of him, but again, uh, to Brother Marquise's point, those are the reasons why. That's some of the reasons why they got rid of him, not to mention Miami's just dysfunctional, in my opinion. There he goes. That's my guy, Billy G. in SoCal. Thank you for the call, my man. Welcome to the show. Appreciate you being a first-time caller. And yeah, man, Brian Flores, that's a guy that I had a lot of interest in. I talked about him after Miami let him go. I couldn't believe that that was the situation. Uh, but there's multiple reasons behind that, you know, and Brother Marquise at the 305, I actually brought him up a couple times on today's show. Uh, he hit me up and was like, hey, man, his, uh, his reputation with his fellow coaches on the staff, offensive coordinators, isn't so hot. You know, I believe he had four offensive coordinators in three years, something like that. That's not good either way you look at it. So that's one scenario. I think that he might end up wanting to be in New York, uh, even though it looks like Dayball is going to be the leading guy for that job. I mean, there's multiple situations. Who knows? Dave Ziegler, if he ends up getting that GM job, you know, he's coming over from the Patriots, maybe Flores is the guy he dials up. But, yeah, it's, it's kind of strange to me as well that you're not hearing Flores' name, at least, uh, you know, associated with the team, as, hey, we're going to bring him in for an interview just to see what he's all about. I would think that they would do that, but, again, haven't heard that yet. So, uh, yeah, it's something to pay attention to, but I do think he's a really good head coach. Thank you again for that call, Billy. I do appreciate you, and that's going to be it for today's show. Uh, got a text from Sheamus in Palm Springs. Got a text from Raider Eddie in Denver. A call from Raider X. Those are all on the way tomorrow. Plus, we'll have more calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. Hopefully, we'll have more news and notes as far as GM search and head coaching search. Maybe a little bit more clarity than we even had today. And then, of course, we'll have more conversation, more things to talk about. And again, to Sean Reed from The Athletics, going to be a guest on my radio show, Unnecessary Roughness, on Raider Nation Radio 920 at 2.30 Pacific Standard Time this afternoon to talk about the offseason situations that the Raiders have. You know, kind of like a guide to what the offseason should look like what they have to do, where their priorities should be. Uh, That's going to be a good conversation. I definitely look forward to this afternoon at 2.30. So until then, Raider Nation, until tomorrow, we'll meet again. We'll talk again. Uh, Stay safe. Enjoy your day. Enjoy your family. Take care of yourself and take care of your family. And most importantly, as always, just win, baby.